The contents of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only, and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's financial objectives, financial situation or needs. Listeners should obtain independent advice before making any financial decisions. Hi, welcome to another edition of HealthKick. I'm Tim Borum. Well, when it comes to devising a cancer cure, the various global efforts uh, can seem to get a bit bogged down at times, uh, a bit like the uh, Ukraine conflict, really. But uh, progress is being made on multiple fronts, and one of them is the emerging hot area of CAR-T cell therapies. Now, in short, CAR-T is a form of immunotherapy that uses specially altered T-cells to precisely target cancer cells. One of the few ASX-listed CAR-T players is Prescient Therapeutics. And luckily, I've got with me CEO Steve Toby clark from Prescient, who can provide a more expert update uh, than I uh, certainly can on the uh, company's progress. Now, as Steve will explain, Prescient's efforts with its uh, Omnicar CAR-T platform have been bolstered by some new alliances with some big names in the US and elsewhere. Uh, Prescient's also got two legacy targeted therapies it's working on, not related to CAR-T, um, and, and they're uh, they're progressing as well. Uh, so uh, welcome, Steve. Thank you very much for having me, Tim. Great to speak with you again. Always good to, uh, to talk, Steve. Um, now, I'm going to start uh, with, I guess, uh, an omnibus uh, question just to sort of set the scene. Um, and that is uh, how, why and when, and even where, did uh, Prescient uh, get into CAR-T in the first place? Well, why is really easy. It was, a, it was on the basis of some stunning early data that was coming out of places like the University of Pennsylvania. So um, what makes this so radical is that it was the first time where a living cell was being used as a medicine. Um, normally, we're designing small molecules or antibodies to create a living cell that is growing, dividing in the patient and, and weaponizing that against a cancer was, was an intriguing concept, but more intriguing was the results it was having. It was having uh, unprecedented success. And we knew the first wave um, was upon us of, of, the, of that generation of therapies. It's moved very fast. And I was very keen to get basically ahead of that curve, um, anticipating uh, you know, the, the shortcomings of that current generation, what might limit that for broader use, things like safety and flexibility. And we went about trying proactively to find the tools to overcome those problems, and we were lucky enough to, to secure them. And that is what we have with our Omnicar platform. But uh, yeah, certainly CAR-T and cell therapy in general is the future of cancer care. Okay. And um, what's the mechanism of action, basically, with, with CAR-T? Uh, are you able to uh, explain that in uh, fairly layman's terms? I will give it a crack for sure. Give uh, it a try, it, sure. Any one of your listeners that's ever had 
a cold will know that the early stages of the cold, um, you know, your throat swells up and, you know, you get, they feel, you know, if you're always filling your throat and it's very, very tender, that is your body producing a whole new repertoire of immune soldiers to fight that foreign invader. Um, and those are those are T cells. There's lots of different cells in the body to fight the immune system. Think of you know your body has an army, a navy, and an air force. So you know, one of these groups of soldiers are called T cells, and they're very very good, efficient at fighting infection. Which is why after a few days, the soldiers have been finished you know, you know manufacturing and they're deployed throughout the body. And after a week or so, so to a few days to make them, and then a few days for them to deploy. And after a week, certainly a week and a half, you'd know that your infection is resolved. So the bottom line is there is nothing more efficient in the body to get rid of a foreign invader than a T-cell in the body's own immune system. The, the challenge has been, how do you get these, these cells which are super, super efficient at finding and eliminating a foreign invader, how do you turn their attention to cancer and deploying that same incredible ability against cancer cells? And that's exactly what CAR-T is. It sounds like science fiction. Um, I assure you it's not, but uh, the patient goes to the clinic and, and these, you know, they have blood taken, these T cells are isolated and outside of the body genetically a new receptor is put on them that instead of fighting a, uh, a virus infected cell, a, a cold if you like, you put a receptor on it that can now recognize the outside of a cancer cell. And that's called a CAR T cell chimeric antigen receptor for, for those that um, for those that care. Chimeric because it's half the patients and half a new receptor. So um, that's a CAR T cell and millions of these are grown up and given back to the patient. And uh, these T cells do to cancer cells what they normally do to virus infected cells. It just goes you know, straight through the body, um, hunts down the cancer, grows and divides like a living medicine. And the reason it's so successful, well, it makes sense, right? With cancer cells are the problem, cells will be the answer. The cancer can grow anywhere. The immune cells can find them anywhere. Um, it is definitely the future. And we're just really harnessing four and a half billion years of evolution and just pointing it in the right direction, which is here's what the enemy looks like. Now go and get them. And that's CAR-T. So, yeah, great. So you're um, giving uh, give, giving nature a helping hand and with... Uh these tweet T-cells. Uh, it's a bit like uh, pu pu putting uh, mag wheels on a Monaro or something and uh, <laughs> hotting them up a bit. Uh, a, a little bit. It, I, I see the analogy. It is enhanced versions of their own immune cells. So to that extent, yep, you're, you're absolutely right. And it's yielded these unprecedented responses. That's, that's the thing. That's what's turning heads is that, you know, even very conservative clinicians are now daring to use the word cure which has been until now a very irresponsible um, and uh, word to use to you know, give false hope to people. Um, but but now, you know, people like Carl June now talking about we can now have curative intent to some of these early blood cancers thanks to these therapies because, you know, 10-year durable remissions, you know, if it looks like a cure and smells like a cure, some of these people are declaring it as such. So whilst you said in your introduction that it's uh, it's been a long war against cancer, not unlike in Ukraine, um, it has, uh, I think there's been more progress thanks to this technology in the last few years than there's been in the history of medicine. And that's why it is a super exciting field to be in at the moment. Indeed. Now, you mentioned blood cancers. So 
uh, CAR-T is, is therefore a most relevant therapy for uh, conditions like, like leukaemia. But from memory, I understand it can be used for solid cancers as well. The FDA has actually approved six CAR-T therapies in a short space of time, So, but they are all in. The, the lowest hanging fruit was a certain group of blood cancers, um, B-cell lymphomas and, and, and myeloma. Um, certain types of leukaemia are still not, um, not uh, conquered yet, so there's plenty of room for everyone to develop new therapies. And certainly the, the, the final frontier would be solid tumours. Um, you know, certain blood cancers are a little bit easier because of their various characteristics and, uh, and the targets presented on them. But no doubt, this is uh, what's super encouraging is that they, these wonderful responses, even though it was in the lowest hanging fruit of these blood cancers, it's just the start. And that is using you know, the first generation of CAR-Ts developed 10 years ago when <laughs> the whole field was in its infancy and it still worked. Uh, what we have now is uh, this you know, exploding field. You know, the knowledge is of the whole field is is increasing exponentially. Um, it's all about targets and tools and and bringing those together. And indeed, that's what you know, Prescient has. You know, what we believe is a next generation technology to help um, overcome some of these obstacles. So, in order to bring these to many more patients and to many more cancers, we need to solve some of these problems that are now very well documented and the industry is chipping away at overcoming all of those to get more and more of these products on market. So what cancers are you tackling at, at Prescient specifically? With, uh, with cell therapies, we're looking at three in particular. We're looking at a type of blood cancer called acute myeloid leukaemia. It's a, it's a pretty grim prognosis, unfortunately, for people with AML. It's a disease that's very rapidly growing and it mutates very, very quickly. And our flexible platform can, you know, can create a safer, uh, gentler therapy on the patient that is broad enough to, to chase this cancer down, even if it tries to mutate. Uh, so that's AML. We're also looking at a type of brain cancer, a, a, an aggressive type of brain cancer called glioblastoma multiform. Not unlike AML, even though it's in the brain, it grows very quickly and uh, mutates very quickly. So again, the features I just described of Omnicar are going to help it uh, help us um, overcome those, we hope. And the third one is HER2-positive solid cancers. So think of certain types of breast cancer ovarian cancer and gastric cancer. So that's what we're doing internally, but the platform we've got, we're hoping to um, collaborate and partner with external parties to, you know, if you like, they can use our recipe book, our technology on license and tackle a whole bunch of additional cancers. So no shortage of opportunities before us. And uh, speaking of uh, such collaborations, uh, you recently uh, announced one with the MD Anderson Cancer Centre, Right. Uh, which is in Texas, and so being in Texas, it's the uh, it's, it's got to be the biggest. It's the biggest cancer center in the US, I believe. Um, yeah. So from what I can see, that's about tweaking your uh, plug and play platform for uh, for certain specific cancers. Um, so uh, they're that's sort of right. adding a, uh, I think it's called a binder, isn't it? To uh, that's to right. Sort of en enhance the product. And stepping back a bit, what, what's so good about Omnicar, we're using these living cells almost like a Lego set where you can plug on different pieces of Lego, if you will, to target different characteristics on the surface of the cancer. So we're not reliant on one particular 
marker on a cancer cell and that's the only one we go after and if a cancer cell doesn't have that then it'll scape and keep growing we don't have that it's like a lego set and the beauty about what md anderson have got they've given us a uh, well we've got access now to a brand new type of binder that's never been seen before and what's really novel about what's very clever about what they've done they've been able to um, use this technology to identify things that are normally buried in the inside of the cell that have now been brought to its surface and can now be recognized. So we've been previously looking at things stuck on the outside of the cancer cell and they're bringing um, to the party an ability for us to target things that are normally buried underneath. So the bottom line is there's many more ways now that we can see and kill these cancer cells and um, md anderson certainly yeah they are the biggest and best you know everything's bigger in texas they are they're ranked number one in any metric you care to look up and uh, as a result of being so big they've got this huge database of leukemia patients in this ex in, in this instance and the, the eclipse program and by looking at thousands of samples across all of these patients including longitudinally so these patients as they go through therapy and the disease changes they've been able to look at what are the best markers to go after you know what is going to give us the best chance of you know treating the most number of patients the most successfully and that's what we're piggybacking and, and partnering with them on this um, strategic collaboration so super exciting great and when you say uh strategic collaboration is this a financial arrangement do they fund uh, some of your programs or, or vice versa or is it uh, more just sort of working together? No, the, the details are um, undisclosed for now at, at their behest, but um, let's say where um, it's a, a genuine collaboration where we're looking to share the costs. Uh, what makes it a collaboration is that each of us are bringing something very unique and valuable to the table and hopefully creating something that is greater than the sum of its parts. Okay, terrific. And uh, you've also struck a, a manufacturing agreement uh, with a a party called QGen Cell Therapeutics. So that's to produce the Omnicar T cells, uh, presumably for upcoming uh, clinical trials. Uh, so right. I guess I guess sort of obtaining the material is, is a big part of things, isn't it? So I, I presume this is an important announcement. It's very important, and people normally roll their eyes at manufacturing, but cell therapies, as you can imagine, is the hardest medicine in the world to make. Not everyone can do it. Not everyone is allowed to do it, especially for, for human use. QGen is one such uh, manufacturer in Australia. We're delighted to be working with them. They um, manufacture cells for big international companies, and we're delighted to be working with them as a, as a parochial Aussie company. And um, yeah, we're getting started early with them. Um, and importantly, we're dropping into that manufacturing um, of, of our cells. Another secret source we've got, we've announced um, called Cell Prime, um, Cell Prime M, which is basically a, uh, it's like a, a super reagent, if you will, that you drop into the manufacturing process to create, create a, uh, a T cell that is more youthful and, and more vigorous and, and lasts a lot longer and kills cancer cells a lot more effectively. So we're going to be dropping our secret source into the QGen manufacturing process and become our own first customer. So that's, um, that's very promising. Terrific. And so do you just pay uh, QGen for the cells? Is it sort of a, you know, sort of a simple financial arrangement? Yes, that's right. That's right. Um, yeah, working with them on the, on, the, on the process development and then it will be, you know, a, a per patient type of uh, arrangement with other standard financials. 
Okay. So you'll have the uh, cells in decent quantities uh, for uh, a clinical trial. So, so how far off uh, human trial stage uh, are you? Our official disclosures were that we'd be in humans at uh, the start of 2024. If things go well, I think we can do better than that. And that's what we're aiming to do, to get these therapies to cancer patients a lot sooner, uh, well, as soon as possible. And it's really good having our slot with um, with QGEN and also the, the other various providers that you need to make these therapies. There's actually a huge backlog and you have to plan well in advance and that's where it's great having you know people like um, Rebecca Lim on our team who have done a myriad of cell therapy trials before, who had the foresight to, um, you know, a long time ago to have to look forward to the runway and work backwards and book our slots for when we need them. So it is comforting to have that secured. And would these uh, would these trials be uh, so, sort of extensive? Uh, how many how many patients would they involve, or is uh, that that yet to be determined? Yeah, that's that's yet to be announced. Um, we are working with some of the best minds in this space, i.e. Um, cell therapy for leukaemias, and, um, and that will be announced as well shortly. And, uh, yeah, the, 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 there is a lot of thought from the best minds put into the trial design because, you know, when you've got a therapy that you can control and it's modular, there's a couple of moving parts to consider. And so we're taking the time to make sure that it's designed to for us to get the answers that we need. Mm, okay, great. All right. And just just on the financial front, uh, Steve, uh, the company's in the midst of a, a share placement plan to raise up to $8 million. Uh, what would these uh, funds be uh, earmarked for? Across all of our programs, really, Tim. So we've had enormous momentum across all of our programs, targeted therapies and cell therapies. And uh, yeah, we don't need the cap. We've got a, a healthy cash balance right now, but uh, topping up the tank now is going to enable us to maintain the momentum. I think these therapies deserve to be resourced properly, especially when they're as promising as these, and to bring them to patients as quickly as possible. So it's to fund the entire program uh, and to make sure our accelerator is still flat to the floor. Yes, and you mentioned topping up the tank. I mean, uh, it's like being in the middle of a desert and uh, passing the uh, the only servo in 500 kilometres. You uh, certainly right. top up in, <laughs> in biotech yeah. land. Whether you need it you or can. not, top up your tank. That's right. Yeah, well said. Uh, well, it's better. It's better uh, when it's not needed, uh, isn't it? Because uh, you uh, tend to get better terms. Well, that's right. It's always good to be in a position of strength when you're, you're asking for funds because, uh, well, everyone can read a quarterly report and it's often a false economy when you see companies, and in my former life, you'd, you'd see it quite often in investment banking uh, companies waiting for next catalyst and, oh, we'll hold off and wait for the catalyst, then we'll get re-rated and then we'll raise some money. Well, that rarely works because everyone can read a quarterly and and you're raising funds at a lower level. So raise it from a position of strength when you've got operational momentum, and that's what we're doing. I should have mentioned that takes your bank balance up up to about $20 million, doesn't it? That's right. That's right. And the, the take-up's been quite encouraging in its early days, surpassed our expectations. So, yeah, we're, we're, we're quietly confident. Excellent. Now I shouldn't uh, I shouldn't forget your, uh, your your legacy programs which are called PTX 100 and PTX 200. Uh, they sound like sort of airline codes, don't they? Um, now these uh, target uh, different tumor survival pathways. Um, P 
perhaps you could just uh, summarise where you're at. Um, I know you've yeah. got a, a, a trial uh, for, for the AML, the uh, acute myeloid leukaemia. Leukemia, Tell us a bit more. So the uh, the two programs ready in the clinic now, PTX100, is in a an expansion cohort for a phase 1B in another blood cancer called um, T-cell lymphoma, where we've seen very, very clean safety profile, which is very encouraging, but also some hints of efficacy that we're looking to tease out in this current study that is due to... Uh, recruit fully this year. Normally in this particular disease, uh, this patient population, uh, uh, drugs work only about a quarter of the time. And for those patients for whom they respond, they only respond for three to four months. And we've seen a couple of patients so far that we've disclosed. Um, one, one had a benefit for 12 months, another one's 37 months and counting. So that's a lot better than three to four months. And so we're looking to um, tease that out in this current study that's underway this year. Uh, with PTX200, that's in, as you said, acute myeloid leukemia. In that relapse setting, patients typically don't live for more than four to six months. And we announced not long ago our fourth complete remission, which is encouraging. And that is due to complete that phase 1B this year as well. Okay, okay, terrific. And, and how should investors sort of view the um, uh, the legacy stuff we've just uh, spoken about vis-a-vis CAR-T? Um, I mean, do you think CAR-T is sort of going to be the key driver of the, the company's uh, fortunes and uh, valuation? I see them as complementary in some ways. Um, you know, they're... You know, someone described them as uh, yeah, the targeted therapies are entree and the cell therapies are main course. So <laughs> it is it is nice to have a diversified pipeline where the cell th- where the uh, the targeted therapies are more mature and producing clinical data. But that said, um, it is equally as pleasing having a next generation of CAR T therapy that is not too far from the clinic itself and has you know, as platform technologies have many broader applications as well. So I think we've got the best of both worlds. Terrific. And, and just to conclude, can, can you uh, briefly summarise the, the upcoming news flow and, and basically what investors should, should look out for from the company? Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, with so much on the go, as you can imagine, um, we're a bit of a news machine at the moment, well, especially in the last little while. But um, that's not going to slow down. We've got PTX 100 being fully recruited this year, and we may announce um, a progress report on that, an interim look, um, PTX 200 for completion as well this year, and there's not too many months in a year. We have another program, a cell therapy enhancement platform that is in stealth mode that will exit stealth mode very shortly called Cell Prime A. That might be for another phone call, but yes. that, is, that, is, that is in stealth mode and is coming out very shortly. And we have um, our march towards the clinic for Omnicar producing news along the way. So, yeah, it's, it's a pretty full dance card. Excellent. Well, it sounds like uh, the, uh, the share valuation, which... Uh, is, is a bit depressed, I, I guess. Like with the rest of the sector, it, it sounds like uh, the uh, the valuation should should take care of itself, at least in the longer term. But uh, yes, yeah, Steve, look as, as usual, you've managed to simply explain some uh, pretty complex science, uh, which uh, only an ex broker like like yourself could uh, could do. That that's terrific. I'm not sure if you're insulting me or not, Tim. But... <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. No, I'm just, um, I'm just saying we, uh, we didn't get bogged down in the science. And um, <laughs> I, sh- <laughs> I should add that you, uh, you also have a background in microbiology. I'm 
I'm sort of going off the top and, of my head here. Were, yeah, and biochemistry and molecular biochemistry. biology. That's right, and um, finance and economics. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So you you can sort of uh, balance the uh, the best of both worlds, uh, the scientific stuff and the uh, the important sort of commercial and financial aspects. I'm a translator sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Terrific, Steve. We uh, I, I certainly look forward to uh, chatting next time. Thank you very much for your time. Always a pleasure catching up with you, Tim. Have a good one. Mm-hmm.